0: Welcome to a non-fiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff, I'm the author, and this is Dedication, Building the Seattle Branches of Mary Baker Eddy's Church, a Centennial Story. Episode 23, First Unit On Sunday, August 29, 1915, first reader Thomas Franklin Hoyt invited the entire congregation of Fourth Church of Christ Scientist to stay after the service to hear a message from the chair of the building committee. A few months earlier, the membership made the decision to move forward with the building project. The decision was unanimous. The Hippodrome was meeting an immediate need for the growing congregation, but it was hardly an ideal place of worship. It was meant to be temporary. Now, after six years of renting public halls, the members were ready to build a permanent church home. Although not specifically named in the available records, the chair of the building committee and the leader of the spiritual aspect of the building project was almost certainly William K. Sheldon. Mr. Sheldon had recently become a Christian science teacher. He also had professional experience with building projects. He grew up in Rutland, Vermont, which had a booming stone industry. Like his father before him, Sheldon had worked as a marble dealer. He may have become involved with Christian science while working at a stone quarry in Massachusetts. After that, he moved to Seattle, became a Christian science practitioner, and was almost immediately elected to first reader at First Church. For such a large congregation, with so many Christian science practitioners and teachers already within the membership, to have elected a new member to the most prominent office— Sheldon must have been perceived as having an outstanding understanding of Christian science, even before he became a Christian science teacher. At First Church, although he was not on the building committee, Sheldon had been involved with the project. He helped select the stone used in the Capitol Hill edifice. At Fourth Church, Sheldon served as chair of the building committee in the early phase of the project. Fourth Church was fortunate to also have on the building committee Frederick S. Sylvester, who was well known for his business skill. The president of Sylvester Brothers, a wholesale grocery company, he had been active in business ventures with characteristic enterprise since arriving in Seattle in 1889, the year of the Great Fire. He, along with his business partner, his brother George, and both of their wives had been involved in the Christian Science Church from its start in Seattle in 1896. His successful grocery venture had grown in parallel with the church, and now he was in possession of substantial wealth and a good understanding of accounting. He too would play an important role in the early phase of the building project. The members of Fourth Church already knew all about the financial side of the church. They heard financial reports at membership business meetings every quarter. But so many among the large congregation at the Hippodrome had never applied to join the church formally as members. Fourth Church may have had a higher percentage of non-members than any other branch in Seattle. These attendees may have had no idea what it cost to keep the church going. The building committee chair gave them a primer because the church had an urgent need. The pressing issue was the final payment on their mortgage for the lot at 8th and Seneca. It was due on October 15th. The church did not have funds on hand to make that payment. They had borrowed money to make the previous mortgage payment, and the church was running a deficit on their regular expenses. Since some in the congregation may not have known about all the activities the church was supporting, the chair openly shared their financial obligations with the Sunday Assembly. Each year, Fourth Church was contributing $300 to the Committee on Publication for Public Relations and Lobbying, $1,400 to the Joint Literature Distribution Committee, and $1,900 to the Joint Reading Room in the Empire Building. Their Christian Science Lectures were costing $750, and their regular church services ran about $12,000 for rental and salaries. Because they were still making payments on their building lot, they also had the extra expense of mortgage interest and property taxes which added more than $1,500 to their expenses that year. The new branch churches in the outlying districts in Seattle had drawn many away from Fourth Church, yet the congregation continued to grow. Even so, collections on Sundays were not sufficient. The church was two months behind on its bills. To make the final mortgage payment, pay off the recent credit draw, cover their back expenses, and eliminate their budget deficit, they needed $7,500 immediately. Once this was done, they could get a building loan to start work on their edifice. Eventually, they would be relieved of the extra expense of rent. Most importantly, having their own edifice would provide a place of worship that will reflect love. Considering all this, the building committee chair asked the congregation to give special thought to the Sunday collections for the next six weeks. Even after meeting this goal, they must not become passive in their desire for a church home. In Christian science, we cannot stand still. We must progress, he emphasized. This was only the beginning of their financial needs. The chair concluded, This statement is made without any sense of complaint or criticism, and is commended to your consideration, measured entirely by your sense of gratitude for benefits received, and your interest in broadening our activities for the benefit of suffering and sinning humanity. It is the desire of every Christian science church to present in the best possible way to the community in which it is located the Christ truth, which makes men free and releases them from bondage, including debt. The building and paying for so many beautiful Christian science churches in the short space of time since this movement was inaugurated has been the marvel of the whole world. Christian science is a philanthropic and Christian movement, the activities of which are far-reaching in their influence and power for good, beyond the possibilities of estimate. It is a work neither hard nor burdensome, for it is based on the divine principle, love, which Mrs. Eddy tells us is universal and impartial in its adaptation and bestowals. Therefore, we have no sense of hesitation in calling the attention of all who have felt the transforming healing influence of Christian science, both church members and regular attendants, to the righteous demands of this work, and ask the substantial hearty support of one and all, which will ensure the carrying forward of these activities in a manner worthy of so great a cause. The congregation did increase contributions. They met the financial goal, and the church claimed title to the corner lots at 8th and Seneca. By December, the architect was working on preliminary designs in preparation for the January membership meeting. The committee selected George Foote Dunham for the design work. Mr. Dunham had been professionally trained in Chicago by Solon Spencer Beeman. Like Mr. Beeman, Dunham was a Christian scientist. He was based in Portland, Oregon, which was not ideal for this Seattle project, but Dunham was proving an ability to work remotely and travel to the building site as necessary. Dunham quickly designed a plan for the building in phases. The first unit was a temporary auditorium in the daylight basement, where the Sunday School would eventually be. In its unfinished state, it could seat about 1000 The basement ceiling would be designed with this in mind, and covered with a simple wood roof to keep the space dry. The first unit would cost about $25,000. They could use the basement auditorium while the second unit, the final auditorium and foyer, was being constructed above them. Unlike the temporary structure built by First Church, this temporary auditorium would have concrete walls and a concrete ceiling. It would be the final building, just without its final finishes. For the complete edifice, they were considering a design similar to First Church, but bigger and more expensive. Their initial permit to the City of Seattle was for a 2,500-seat auditorium in a $250,000 building, an edifice nearly twice as large as what had just been built on Capitol Hill and more than twice the initial budget. This proposed megachurch was reported in the news, putting everyone on notice about the expectation of of continued expansion of Christian science in Seattle. The members of Fourth Church voted to move forward with the first unit. They approved Dunham's design unanimously. Members and friends of the church worked valiantly to see the basement project through to completion while keeping their services going without interruption. They paid their expenses promptly while construction was underway. At the same time, Fourth Church had another immediate focus and expense. Herman S. Herring was coming from Concord, New Hampshire to give a Christian science lecture for them, the first of two during the year 1916. This one completely filled the Hippodrome. For their next lecture by George Shaw Cook later that year, they held the event at the even larger arena. More than 5,000 attended. Meanwhile, war was breaking out in Europe, disrupting lives, especially the lives of European Jews. Civic leaders in Seattle were trying to raise awareness about the crisis. A relief fund was started to help those made homeless and destitute, the Jewish refugees fleeing Europe. Many prominent Seattle citizens, businesses, and churches contributed True to the congregation's new embrace of a spirit of financial generosity, even philanthropy, the largest contribution by far came from Fourth Church. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit CindySafranoff.com.